uh, you could turn to Philippians chapter 2. We're reading uh, verses 3 through 11. You can stand up once you get there. Or everybody stand up, please. Actually. When you get there, say amen. Everybody there? All right, Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which, also, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being, born in the, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient, even came obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and things in heaven of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Please bless the reading of the word. Amen. Let's remain standing. Thank you. Father, we do thank you this morning for your loving kindness, your tender mercies. Father, we thank you for the privilege of coming to your presence this morning. And Lord, I thank you, Father God, that you have chosen to use a broken vessel like myself. Lord, it's not about any of us at this moment, never has been, never will be. It is about your glory. It is about you speaking to us and us, Father, following that which you have asked of us. So, Lord, I'm praying, Father, for a, an anointing that all of us will let our guards down, so to speak, and that this word will not be seen as being for somebody else, but that, Lord, you will help all of us to look within ourselves and be very honest with ourselves. Father, we want to be more like you. That's what we intend to do. That's what we intend to be. Father, will you please help us to get there? Take these lips of clay. And do only what you and you alone can do. And Father, we give you the praise for it. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For those of you who are visiting with us this morning, we are continuing in our series. Uh, we've been uh, talking about a series entitled Live Like Jesus series. And the focus of this series is to really learn the character of Christ and that that becomes a part of who we are. If you've been a believer for any length of time, one of the things that you understand is that God's number one agenda in all of our lives is to conform us to the image of Christ. 
It's not, his number one agenda is not to make us happy, to not to make life a bed of roses right now, because how do you know if that was, then it would be. God's number one agenda is to conform us to the image of Christ. From time to time, we'll, you hear someone say, I want to be like Jesus. Jesus, make me. Jesus, mold me. God, change me. What he wants to do is he wants us to be conformed to his image. I want to talk this morning to you about the subject of humility. It is a very, very powerful principle in the kingdom of God. The greatest people that we know of in biblical terms are people that had a real sense of who they are in the presence of God. How do we know that everything that we have and everything that we are, it comes from God? And God has given you what you have for a distinct purpose, whether it's your good looks, whether it's your abilities, whether it's your talents, whatever it is that God gave you, he gave it to you for a specific reason. Not that any one of us can boast about how great we are, because we understand that in actuality, we're really not all that great. Amen. Please say amen. Um, And so. There are many misconceptions about the issue of humility. It's not a very attractive subject. In fact, before some of you decide to jump off the boat, please come back. Don't, 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 don't jump off just yet. Humility is a very attractive thing to God. There's a lot of misconceptions about it. Some people think that being, being humble means that you deny yourself physically, and you have a certain look about you, and that's, what's make, that, that's what makes you humble. Some people think humility is simply just kind of being a pushover, having no real conviction, just kind of going with whatever, whatever, whatever. That's not humility. Many, if you're honest, view humility as a weakness. But how do you know that there was nothing weak about Jesus? Yet he was humble. We're going to show you today that the the insights into the mind of God. And I want you to really to open your heart and say, Lord, Lord, speak to me about this issue. Because as we go forward, the temptation will be that person need to be humble. That person got a pride problem because, you know, every one of us, you know, we hear sermons. Usually it's, it's for the other person a lot of times. Right. I mean, we can easily point out the others, but I want everybody to be honest and say, let God, God speak to me about where I am. How many of you want to be great in the kingdom of God? How many of you want to be great in the kingdom? How many of you really want to fulfill God's mission and be on the cutting edge of what God is doing in the earth? Then you want to listen up this morning. St. Augustine, that great philosopher, he said, if you should ask me what the ways of God are, I will tell you that the first is humility. The second is humility. And the third is still humility. The Bible says that it is the meat that shall inherit the earth. 
Pride is a deceiver. Amen. You know, pride has wrecked many homes. Pride has started many wars. Pride has killed many a people. And pride is one thing that God hates. Do you hear me? Why does God hate pride so much? Because it, it, it gives the idea that somehow that we can go it without him, that we don't really need him. You understand Satan had this issue of pride. Lucifer, the devil, and God punished him for that pride. God didn't, God didn't boot him out of heaven because of some necessary wrong thing that he did per se. He booted him out because of his pride. You look with me in Isaiah chapter number 14. We're going to lay a foundation here this morning. Isaiah chapter 14. Now stay with me. It's going to pick up here in a moment. When you get there, you can say amen. If you don't have a Bible, you can request one. And if you don't want to request one, then you can look up on the screen. We have it for you there as well. We make sure you're covered in all ways. We're going to get the word into you one way or another. Amen? Amen. Look at verse number 12. Now, this is an indictment against Satan, Lucifer himself. I want you to, I want you to hear this because, because this is very important. Isaiah chapter 14, beginning in verse number 12. How you are fallen from heaven. He's talking about Satan. O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground. You who weaken the nations. How many know pride weakens the nations? For you have said in your heart. Here's the thing. Now follow this. Here's what Satan said. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also, I will, I will also sit on the mount of the congregation, on the furthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol. What is the theme in those verses? Ah. Now hear that. I. Everything about Satan is I. It's about what he wants. It's not about what God wants. It's about what he wants. So what is pride? Pride is this, an excessive appreciation of one's worth. Excessive. One who thinks too highly of himself. A prideful person is one who is consumed with himself. Humility is just the opposite. It is having a spirit of submission. Now, if you're really honest this morning, how many of you love that word submission? I mean, honestly. Most of us, we don't like submission at all. We're talking about a spirit of submission. So what we find here is that we, we have established the fact that Satan was booted out. He was rejected by God because of his pride. 
So we understand that pride is a person that is all about themselves and not about necessarily the things of God. Do you recall Jesus said this, that I came to do the will of my father who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus was such a wonderful example of what humility was all about. And, and, you know, there are songs out there. We hear people say all the time, Lord, I want to be more like Jesus. Do you know what Jesus was like? (laughs) Do you really, really want to know what Jesus was like? And you really want to be like Jesus? Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. I think you should already be there because uh, that was our foundational text this morning. We're going to dissect this a little bit. Philippians chapter number two. We'll start in verse number three. Now watch this. He said, now let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better. Everybody say better Better. than themselves. So in order for that to happen, where do your focus have to be? Okay. We're just going to preach the word this morning, whether we like it or not, we're just going to give it. Because we know it's going to make us better. You know, like your mom gave you that, that medicine you didn't like, and it tastes horrible, but, it, but when you walk away, it's like, oh, that was, that was nice. That's, just, that's what this is going to be. It's going to bless you. He said, let each one of you look, not look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. How do we know that this is the kingdom mindset that we're supposed to have? We're supposed to be not just concerned about ourselves, but thinking about Looking after others. Now watch this. Here's an important point. He says now in verse number five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, now I want you to hear something there. He didn't say uh, do this thing like Jesus did. He, He didn't say that. He said, let this mind be in you. In other words, he's going deeper than what's on the surface. He says, let this Mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So, so let's look at what kind of person Jesus was or is. Because how many know he doesn't change? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, if your theology is correct. He says, let this mind be in you, who, uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who been in the form of God, did not consider it robbery, to be equal with God. Or in other words, he did not regard equality with God as a thing to be grasped. Now understand something. Jesus was never power hungry. Do you hear me? When Jesus came on, when Jesus was on earth, Jesus wasn't looking for a position, a place where he could try to rule over people. Remember, they tried to take him by force. They tried to say, look, you got to take control. Jesus was never, ever, he never, ever came on the scene trying to promote himself. Let that sink in for a moment. Never. Jesus consistently talked about doing the will of the Father. In fact, Jesus said it this way. I did not come to be served but to serve and to give my life for many. Jesus was not 
about himself. In fact, you know, the Pharisees in John chapter 8, you can read it in your spare time. They were accusing him. You're all about yourself. He said, no, no, you don't understand. I know my father. I came to do his will and to finish his work. That's all I'm all about. I, I'm, not, I'm not here to try to lord it over people. He wasn't there to try to control and manipulate people. Jesus was consumed with doing the will of God. That's all he wanted to do. Understand, this is so important. He says, so let this mind be in you. Now, some of you say, well, pastor, where do you find that in the Bible? Let's keep reading. I'm glad you asked. Verse number seven, but made himself of no reputation. Do you hear that? Jesus wasn't about trying to make of himself a reputation. But yet he was well known. Did you get that? He didn't go, he didn't try to make of himself a reputation, but yet you're talking about him. We're preaching about him. And all over the world, we know who Jesus is. But Jesus, not one time, ever, never, he never came to try to make himself some reputation. He was consumed with doing what God had called him to do. That was it. And when you get consumed with what God called you to do, then you let the chips fall where they may. Some of us say, well, I, you know, I, I remember one time I was, I was going through this thing, and I said, and I got mad. You know, you know a lot of times God takes you through seasons in life. And you know how you think you're one place, but you're really not? And how many of you have ever experienced that? You thought you were one place, and God had to show you, you ain't really what, you know. And you realize over time, like, I got a lot to learn. It's me. I mean, think, man, don't somebody ought to, to, to recognize that I'm called to preach. God has anointed me because things weren't moving fast enough. You know how we do. Well, let's take it. Let's put, take it where you are. Don't they understand that I'm supposed to get a promotion? I mean, what's up with this boss, man? I mean, they don't recognize my giftings. So then I'm going to have to show them. I'm going to have to go up to the bar. I'm going to have to let them know. Here's what I think you need to pipe up now. Give me what's mine now. I hope none of you do that, but I bet somebody here has done it. <laughs> Your laughter gives it away. Jesus never, ever operated that way. Because, see, a person that is full of humility, they're not thinking about themselves. Let, let, me, let me put it to you this way. If you are a person that is over people, whether you're a supervisor or you're a boss, some of you, some of you I know you've been trained to be officers. Let this sing with you. If you're a boss, or you're over people, watch this. Do you know that God gave you that position not so that it could just be all about you and trying to serve your own interests? You know, let me tell you something. Kingdom humility don't start at this door and end when you walk out. Because some people look at humility, oh, that's just church talk. No, 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 no. If you're a kingdom person, everywhere you go, you exude the attitude of humility. If God has given you a position over people, you know what your job is to do? It's to serve those people. See, the act of humility, how many know the best bosses? Who are the best bosses? Who are the best supervisors? The one that get down in the trenches with you. They don't just bark at you orders, but they, they will look, look, let's go up. I'll go with you. I'm going to get underneath you, and I'm going to lift you up. That's the idea of humility. I mean, no, that's what Jesus did. Jesus, every, everywhere he went, everything he did, Jesus was all about lifting people up. That was it. He 
said, said he made himself a no reputation. Watch this. Um, made himself no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Now, 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 now understand this. The Bible says here that who been in the form of God. In other words, if you studied that in the Greek, what that simply means is that Jesus is God. Think about this. You're talking about humility. Jesus, who Colossians chapter 1, it speaks about his deity and how he created all things by the word of his power, and he holds everything together. The creator of the universe, who controls all things, who is in charge of all things, who made all things, he subjected himself to a sinful, wicked, evil, dirty, nasty people. People who didn't like him, people who talked about him, people who beat him, people who bruised him. But yet, in, in his deity, he, he's, a, he, he's the Lord of all. But think about it. He humbled himself. He said, you know what? The people that I created, the folks that I created, I made, from, I made them. And you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going I'm to sit among them. I'm going I'm to be right in the midst of their sin. How I many you know he's not a sinner? Jesus is perfect. But he tabernacled, he hung out, he sat down with sinners. Think about where he came from in order so that he can just hang out with us. And we got a problem just submitting to one another. You ain't going to tell me what to do. Because God will tell me what to do. God's already told you what to do. Submit ye to one another. What else is there to do? Watch this. Jesus, I, I, think of, I, I think of this, I think, Lord, when you really try to grasp who he is and all of his glory, if you, if you don't have a real picture of who Jesus is, just turn to the book of Revelation and see how all heaven and earth worships him. With all the deity, all the power, everything that he is, he humbled himself. He says, he says Lord, I'm going to let y'all kill me. I'm going to let y'all beat me. I'm going to let y'all talk about you. I'm going to let y'all lie on me. I'm going to let you do it. He did it because of choice. It is his, his, his humility. It's not just something that he did. It's who he is. You want to know who Jesus is? This is who he is. He made of himself a no reputation. If you want to be great as it relates to God saying that you're great, you got to learn to humble yourself. In other words, you got to take me out of the way and begin to focus on what he wants. And somehow, some way, now I'm, the story doesn't end there, but watch this. Because some of you right now, you're looking at me like, Pastor, come on, don't leave me like that. Now watch this. And being found in verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. He died for us. Watch this. Therefore, verse number 9, what happened because of this? Watch this. Therefore, God also has what? Highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and on the earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you hear that? What got Jesus promoted? His humility. What's going to get you promoted? In God's eyes. How many of you want God fighting your battle for you? How many, know, how many of you want God to promote you? Because see, if God promotes you, ain't no devil in hell can stop or get in the way. When God is behind you, forget about it. It's over. 
See, so, so, so we understand that because of Jesus' humility, God exalted him. And yet we spend an awful lot of time worried about how, how, how can I get over? How, how can I? Now, it's not to say that we are to deny our responsibility, not want things good for our, you know, to, to take care of ourselves. Nothing wrong with that. But how I many know it can't stop there? It's just not about you. Everything God does. Here, here's, here's the thing. If you want to really be blessed in the kingdom of God, just start serving and laying down your life for other people. Use the position and the influence that God has given you to serve other people. Now, now this, this, this is important. So God has highly exalted him, Jesus. Why? Because he humbled himself. Now, 1 Peter 5, 6. You can turn there if you like. How many of you feel humble right about now? <laughs> Watch this. It gets better, believe it or not. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That he may exalt you in what? <clears throat> due time. Who's going to do the exalting? Who's going to do the exalting? He is. He said, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. God favors the humble. Do you hear me? He favors the humble. How do you know that Due time means the right time. You ever try to eat fruit before it's time? As a kid, I grew up in the country, a uh, little small town that's outside of just within Petersburg and Suffolk, Virginia, for those of you who don't know. And, and uh, I see, I see we, we, were, we were kids. We used to go outdoors uh, like early in the morning after breakfast, and I didn't come back home until like sometimes, I mean, like late in the evening because the way I ate during the day was we would just eat fruit, peaches, uh, plums, grapes, that's how I grew up. And, uh, but every now and then, you know, I would grab an apple that wasn't ripe. And, you know, it wasn't time yet, or a peach, and it's hard and green. And then you get that, how many of you, get, you get sick on the stomach? Because, because you ate it too quick. It wasn't ready yet. How do you know that when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, God won't put you out there too quickly? But when everything falls into place, God is going to exalt you. Some of you have been frustrated. You've been mad about what's been going on in your life, on your job, whatever it is. And you just been, because nothing been happening for you. Keep yourself humble. Let God do it. Don't try to do it yourself. Because, you see, it never works. I tried there. I tried that. Been there, done that. It doesn't work. That's a word for somebody. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Now, turn with me to Mark chapter number 10. You get there, say amen. All I need is like one amen and I'm, I'm gone. Oh, I'm definitely gone now. Mark chapter number 10, verse 34 to 34. Watch this. How <laughs> I many know Jesus? I, I love Jesus so much for a number of reasons, but when I, every time I read the Gospels, I'm amazed because... <clears throat> He used every opportunity to teach the people. Every time, you know, Jesus just used every moment, every second. He was always pouring himself. He was always teaching some principle. And so we see here uh, Jesus having to deal with his disciples. It's almost like dealing with kids. How do you know that sometimes even though we're adults, we act like what? You know, we're kids. You know, we grew up. You know, we mainly we grew up. We have little cars and we grew up and then we grew up. You know, we had those little toy cars when we were little kids, and then we grew up, we get big cars. <laughs> we get big toys. 
You know, we just grow up kids. Watch this. Jesus says, watch this. Verse number 35 of Mark chapter 10. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. <laughs> now, you got to give these guys a lot of courage because they're going to, I mean, they went right up to him. I mean, they wanted something from him. They, and, and, you know, it, it didn't have anything to do with humility. Trust me. Said, uh, Lord, we want you to do whatever we ask. Jesus, you know, I, I could kind of see Jesus. You got to pitch. Okay. You know, you know, Jesus already knew probably what they were going to ask, you know. And they said, now, they said to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand <laughs> and the other on your left hand in your glory. Now, they didn't say, Lord, grant us that we may feed the hungry. <laughs> grant us, Lord, that we may be able to minister to the poor. No, Lord, we want you to grant us that one of us can sit on your right and then one can sit on your left. In other words, they understood that to be places of authority. Because in their mind, to be great in the kingdom means that you had to be in a position where you can call the shots. You will never be a person God wants you to be if it's all about you calling the shots. It's not that. I mean, no, it's not about that. People that think that ministry is all about, I want to be in control so I can kind of, Lord, tell people, I can kind of like impose myself. Yeah, and you're going to be by yourself because <laughs> it's not kingdom living. It's not the way God thinks. So, so they're looking at authority as positional authority. See, I mean, no, positional authority, just because you got a position don't mean you really, Amen. come on. Some people are mistaken that. Oh, if I had this position and people really listen to me. No, if they ain't listen to you now, they ain't going to listen to you when you get the position. I'm just saying. Somebody say amen. amen. Right, I'm just preaching the word. Watch this now. <laughs> then James, watch this. Now, where am I? Y'all got me all lost. I got to get my glasses because I can't see. All right. Now, watch this. He said, now, they said to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and one on your left in your glory. I mean, they were already trying to get theirs. They're like, you know, before we die, we're going because we know Jesus, probably the way he acting, he probably going to be here too long. So, so we're going to have to, like, get him to hurry up and make sure that before he go that he tell us, you know, where we can chill out at. We want, we want our place. Nothing about what God wants. It was about what they wanted. Watch this. And they said to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and one on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Now, watch what they say. Now, watch this. They said to him, we are able <laughs> but they were like, I want that position. But see, they have no idea what, they, what they're asking for. Just like we, we don't know what we're asking God for. Sometimes we ask God for stuff. We have no idea what, we, what we're asking for. You know, I remember my younger days wanting to be in ministry. I, I had no idea. I mean, I, you, know, you, know, you know how it is. You, you, it, whether it's ministry or whether it's some other uh, occupation, whatever it is, you know, stuff always look one way when you, know, when you see it. You know, you see all the great people. You see people function the element. They're like, man, that little guy would like to do that. But then once you start wearing the hat, it's like, oh, gosh, this is, you got to do all this. Well, I ain't trying to do all that. Then they said to him, we are able, verse 39. Jesus said, now look at verse 40. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it has been prepared for those whom it is prepared. But it is, it is for those for whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. Yeah, like they weren't thinking the same thing. Uh, but Jesus called unto them to himself, and he said to them, now watch this. How do we know that Jesus knows exactly how to address an issue? 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is one of those, he just goes right to the, you know, he can discern what you're about to say, and he just cut right to the chase. See? Because he knew what they were all about. They were all about promoting themselves. They didn't care about the kingdom. They didn't care, but they just wanted status. Because in the world, the world says the way to, the way to get up, man, I mean, you, you, you just got to walk on a few people. I'm going to get in mine. How many know the Christian mindset should never be, I'm going to get in mine? Christian mindset should be, Lord, wherever you use me, Lord, be glorified. If you make me a boss, if you bless me with a company, if I have authority, Lord, if I have influence, God, help me to use my influence to help other people to become what God wants them to become. Now watch this. And when the ten heard it, verse 41, they were greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called to them himself and said to them, now watch this. You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles, they lord it over them. See, and that, that's the way it is. How many know that still is the way it is today? And their great ones exercise authority over them. But, watch this, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your what? And whoever of you desires to be first shall be what? Is that the way you think of promotion? Is that the way the world think of promotion? It, do, it doesn't. Jesus always introduced a whole new paradigm shift. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, watch this, but to serve and to give his life for many. Jesus said, look, he said, even me, who y'all say is great, who, who you listen to, who, who, who you appreciate, you, you, you honor me, you know who I am, but, but even me, I did not come to be served. I came to serve and to give myself. And because Jesus had that mindset, somehow, some way, God used him. You know, if, if all of us develop an attitude like this, then God will just keep, God can trust you with stuff. Because he knows that you're not going to use it for your own benefit. That whatever he blesses you with, you're going to do it for the benefit of the people and ultimately of his kingdom. His kingdom come, his will be done. You don't have to turn there for time's sake. But you can just jot it down. First Peter 5, 5 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Okay, let me, let me say that again, because I want to make sure we get it. God resists. Do you all need me to define what resist is? God resists. Stand up for a second, Brother Jeff. You didn't, you're a sermon prop this morning because you're on the front row, but don't let that deter you from sitting on the front row. Not at all. <laughs> So I want you to try to walk toward me. Try to walk toward me. See? God resists. Try to walk toward me. He resists the proud. Not saying you're proud. <laughs> but you just, you know. Come and give him a hand. That was good. God resists. Okay, let me, let me go over here. God resists. God resists. He resists the proud. That's why, if, listen, we need to run away from anything that look or smell like pride. Because with all the stuff that we got to deal with out here, the last thing I need is to be doubting whether or not God is with me. I, one thing I got to be sure about in life, I ain't sure about a lot of things. But one thing I got to be sure about is that God is with me. And the Bible says he resists the problem. Watch this. He gives grace to the humble. 
The person that's not all about themselves. The person that's not consumed about themselves. The person who want to be promoted. The person who want to get stuff so that they can give more. God, I want to, God, God, I want you to increase my money. Why? Give me more money. Why? So that we can just buy bigger and bigger for ourselves. Remember the story about the guy in, in, in the scriptures who said he, he got blessed and the Bible said that he, he, wanted, he took all his money and built bigger barns. You know, he said, man, I got a lot of money. God done blessed me. I'm just over. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build bigger barns so I can store it all up just for me. How I many know you can't take it with you when you leave? And how I many know people are always waiting in the wings when you die anyway to take everything you work for? The only way that you can take it with you is invest it into the kingdom. You can take it with you. And they can look, and you can look, and they're going to fight and scream. How I many know, you know, you ever had relatives? I've had, I've had that happen. When people come out of the woodworks and they find out somebody got money, I ain't talked to that relative. I ain't seen that relative in 30 years. But they got some money. And I'm like, oh, I'm going up there. I'm going to get mine. And we fight so hard to hold on to because you want more, more, more for me, for me. For what? What, what, what are you going to do? I mean, is it all about just stuff? Is it all about me? No. What can I do with what I got to make sure that it comes back to me? I invested in the kingdom of God. I'm going to get a return. You get a return on what you invest with God Amen. for all eternity. Now watch this. We're closing. How do you know when you're walking in humility? These are just quick things. You just jot these down. Number one, a humble person, they're easily corrected. You know how it is and sometimes when you get caught. Anybody ever been caught? You know, when you get caught, just say, you got me. <laughs> I see people fight. Oh, God, I ain't going to hold my ground because I'm going to win this argument. I'm going to be right. I mean, no, that, that's not walking in humility. See, humble people say, you know what? Is that me? Yep, that's me. Pray for me, sister, brother. I got an issue right there. Help me. Number two, they're not argumentative. Humble people don't, they're not argumentative. Because how many know when you know, when you know that you know in your heart that you did what's right and you can go to sleep at night, then why are you going to argue with people? Okay, that's the way you see it. Humble people, they, they admit their shortcomings, and they don't sound the alarm when they do something noteworthy. They just say, you know what, because I'm all about doing this for the kingdom of God, and I'm all about furthering his agenda. In closing, John chapter 13, you don't have to turn there, but I'll just paraphrase a story. Jesus, if you read John chapter 13, Jesus did an incredible thing that right before he was about to die and give his life, the Bible says, if you read that, read that scripture, the Bible says at that very moment, Jesus knew when he realized that it was time for him to go and be back with the Father. He realized that God had given all things unto him and he was going back to his Father. The Bible says at that very moment, he took a towel, okay? He took some water and he began to wash the disciples' feet. Now, if you know anything about that culture in that day, the lesser never washed feet. I'm sorry, the, the greater never washed the feet of the lesser. The lesser always. So if you were the guest in somebody's house, like you was a guest in my house, and you know, then I would have somebody come, one of my servants or whoever, they'll come to wash your feet. That's where it was in that culture. They're, because you know you had sandals, you're walking in the sand, and you, they would come and they would wash your feet. That's the way it was. But the greater, 
They never, ain't, that, that ain't for me. That's for somebody else to do. And Jesus, Jesus did, Jesus, Jesus did a, a, a switch on him. He says, now, he don't even ask questions. He just get the, he just, the Bible says he just, he just, he realized what was about to happen. He says, before I go, I want to leave this lasting impression on you. This one thing I'm going to leave with you before I go. He took water. He got on his knees and he began to wash his disciples' feet. Peter, who, who, who was, had a very good heart, he meant well. He said, wait a minute. You're the Lord of glory. You don't, you don't supposed to wash my feet. I mean, that's below you. You're Jesus. You're the Messiah. You don't wash my feet, Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, well, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have no part with me. Because you haven't understood anything I've been trying to tell you for the past three years. And Peter said, okay, then wash my whole body. Soak me, please. Do whatever you Come on, Lord, baptize. Come on, water. In other words, Jesus says, he washed their feet to show them. You know, somebody, you know, we, you know I know churches that have foot washing services, and, and, and I'll have a problem with foot washing services. But, but you know, it, ain't, it, it wasn't about foot washing. It was, a deeper, it, was, it was about Jesus was making a point. It's about laying down your life, that this whole thing is about, about uh, just, just getting on your knees and, and serving somebody else. Amen. How can I help you? I'm willing to help you to give my life to help you become what God wants you to become. I'm here to serve you no matter what position I find myself. He says, do that likewise to everybody else. Well, pastor, did it mean just do it in church? No. Do it on your job. Do it at home with your spouse. Because how many know that's the biggest test? I said for those who are married, that's the biggest test. Serve your spouse. Go to your job. You got a boss, even if you don't like them, serve them. If you're a person over people and God has blessed you with influence, use it to serve them, to lift up other people. Here's what God says. And when we do that, God will bless you and he will exalt you. And, and you know what? And you weren't even asking for it and you weren't looking for it. But God would take you places that you'd be like, wow, how do I end up here? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he will exalt you in due time. Amen. Amen. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed.